0: This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.
1: I'm Johnny Hart and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Oanda Senior Market Analyst in London, Craig Earlham. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. All the talk here in the UK today has been about the Chancellor of the Exchequer's autumn statement. We'll have more of that in a moment or two. But let's first reflect on yesterday's FOMC minutes. Which indicate that the Fed is ready to raise rates if necessary. And Craig, if you recall yesterday, our colleague, Trader Nick, said ahead of his uh, holiday, his Thanksgiving holiday, he'd send us his thoughts on those minutes. And here they are.
0: So what I noticed is that we had from the kind of headlines that we got from the meeting minutes, a lot of defensive. Uh, notions from the Fed. And I think that when Craig and I talked about this on the last podcast episode, we pointed to this as the default to be expected. We've seen yields come down in the United States, uh, both the two-year, the 10-year, from their highs pretty substantially. And the Fed may take a look at that with a little bit of caution, because if those yields come down too far too quickly, it could act to undo some of the progress that the Fed has seen with cooling inflationary numbers. So I think that as we pivot into the new year, uh, I've been pretty clear about this on, on past episodes, The idea is that a lot of inflation data has come in the right direction. We've seen the economy cooling, but not necessarily crashing. And this still sets the stage. Uh, I'm actually recording this after we had NVIDIA earnings, which did cause some stir in the markets, but doesn't seem to be a huge major threat to the whole risk on environment at this time. So I think that this still gives us, for now, the base case, a little bit of a, a sigh of relief in markets. However, the Fed, the Bank of England, the ECB, if there is significant drops in yields, you can probably expect them to speak in some ways defensively to get across their point that, you know, we still need to get inflation beat and very unlikely. Are you going to see them kind of calling for uh, an inflation victory? I think also as you turn into the new year and that debate, that discussion that we've been talking about on the podcast uh, about when are they going to cut rates, when that time comes, it will be a sudden declaration from the Federal Reserve and from the ECB and the Bank of England, it won't be a tell. And we've pointed to this in many episodes in the past, but it is just something very important to remind people. Any signs of relaxation in monetary policy um, will be sniffed out pretty quickly in the markets. And that is kind of the last thing that the Fed, the Bank of England, et cetera,
1: they want to signal to the markets. So, Craig, those are Nick's thoughts about those FOMC minutes. Uh, Did you agree with what he had to say? Yeah, I
2: think it was quite a straightforward one, to be honest. The language that we had from the FOMC was very cautious, Uh, I think it's safe to say. Uh, They were clearly quite happy with how the economic data in recent months has occurred uh, and what they've seen. The annual figures that we're now seeing are not really a reflection of the recent trend, and I think that's something that kind of comes across too. The data from the last few months, if you annualize just that data alone, then all of a sudden the inflation numbers, for example, are much closer to target. So it's not a case of Can the inflation data fall from where the headline says it is? It's more a case of can the recent trend continue? Because if it does, then you're not looking at inflation above 3%. You're actually looking at inflation uh, not far above 2%. So that's going to be the big question now. And I think that's one of the reasons why they have taken a slight step back uh, from the more hawkish rhetoric of more rate hikes. That we have seen uh, previously, Uh, they've referenced the need to proceed carefully, uh, which I think is probably a nod to past mistakes. So this is the idea that Nick alluded to where they underestimated inflation going into this. And they were very slow to react. They don't want to underestimate inflation again on the way out. So they are likely, as Nick said, to maintain a hawkish tone to some extent. And it will be a late pivot before cutting interest rates, markets pricing that in for June of next year. But they want to proceed carefully because they do not want to get it wrong again.
1: Let's talk about the oil price, which has seen a big fall today, down as much as 4% with Brent going below that important $80 mark. What is behind this move?
2: So a large chunk of the move actually came at one o six pm UK time, uh, a very specific time. But this is when a headline dropped that the OPEC plus meeting scheduled for this weekend has been delayed until next week shortly after that it was confirmed that that would now take place on the 30th of november so next thursday rather than the 26th of november and of course as the week as the afternoon has progressed we've got a few more details the most recent of which in the last hour or so suggest that the meeting was postponed due to disagreement over some members oil production figures and associated quotas so there isn't an enormous amount to read into this because uh the details i'm sure we'll get shortly which will give us a fuller picture but i think the way the markets have taken this and why oil is down around four percent at the time of recording is that perhaps there is some pushback uh, with regards to output cuts i don't think Producers probably assumed output cuts would last forever. Uh, But when oil has now fallen so far from its highs over the course of the last month in particular, uh, we remember that we've seen a lot of calls for $100 oil because of the output cuts previously. But now uh, Brent crude is around 12 13% from its highs in just around a month. So we've seen a massive pullback trading currently around $80 a barrel. And you wonder whether now we have Russia, maybe Saudi, pushing for an extension of the cuts, perhaps even deeper cuts. And maybe some members are simply not on board with that $80 barrel being uh, a perfectly good level. Uh, and this is where these disagreements are going to occur. There's a reason why Russia has agreed to uh, a unilateral export cut of 300,000 barrels a day up until the end of this year. No extension yet announced. Why Saudi Arabia has unilaterally agreed to, on top of the OPEC plus cuts, cut their production by an additional million barrels a day until the end of this year. No extension has currently been announced and that's because they can't get other members to back it up with similar cuts to their own quotas. So the longer we go with this the more disagreement you are likely to see and I wonder whether we're seeing disagreement now which is affecting the unity of the group and therefore may require either Saudi Arabia and Russia to increase their output cuts unilaterally while the others maintain or whether they can get them back on board. But the fact they've had to extend this meeting uh, could be a sign that there is disagreement within the ranks and that could potentially be bearish price. Of course, there is the other idea, which it could be more technical than that. And it could just be uh, an administrative thing or it could just be um, trying to get people on board, which eventually happens and the markets could be overreacting. But I think markets are basing this uh, the moves on uh, on the idea that perhaps there isn't a, a unified view uh, within OPEC+, Plus, which could make getting this output cut going into 2024 over the line that much more challenging.
1: Meanwhile, UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has unveiled the government's tax and spending plans for the economy. I suppose the big headline was the cut in national insurance down from 12 to 10%, which will actually take effect in January, a bit earlier than people would have expected. Uh, there are some others... Uh, that catch the eye as well. What stood out for you and what has market reaction been?
2: So I don't think it was the budget that many anticipated. There's been a lot of speculation this week, uh, really in recent weeks, about what the Chancellor could announce. And because of this additional fiscal headroom, because they've borrowed less this year, uh, it was a case of, well, if we're looking at an election in 2024, then this is an opportunity to show what it is that the government is about going into that election and cutting taxes. We've seen inheritance tax rumours. We've seen income tax rumours. And it's been a strange week because normally, say the three to four days leading up to this, you tend to get a piece of information dropped uh, for the headlines, maybe one or two per day so they're covering the front pages and the run up to this event and I don't feel like we've seen that this much this week and in fact the speculation has actually proven to be incorrect um, it seems that they're perhaps saving the big announcements for the budget uh, just before the election perhaps uh, and that will allow them six extra months to gather more information to see exactly how much fiscal headspace they have and kind of go into the election with with a bang but they did save some for today and they did announce an increase in minimum wage like you say, a reduction in national insurance and from my perspective politics aside it's about what the markets thought and the markets appear to have shrugged their shoulders it's there hasn't really been much reaction the FTSE is down uh, around 0.15 percent so barely moved the pound is off around half a percent against the dollar but that's more of a dollar driven move it's marginally lower against the euro it's marginally higher against the yen so there hasn't been much of a move and even during the event there was around a 30 pips swing either way in the pound so it wasn't really a big market mover if you look at interest rate expectations that's not really changed markets price again around a 50% chance of a rate cut by june and the reason why that's important is because if you are announcing cuts to income tax and you are announcing cuts to other taxes and you're providing a stimulus to the economy at a time when inflation is still at 4.6% then that would affect interest rate expectations but what the markets have seemingly said here in response to the measures that have been announced is we don't believe it's particularly inflationary and that's really important i think that was always going to be the most important thing today how can jeremy hunt cut taxes to appease the conservative party position the conservative party for the next election without stoking inflation fears and that test he's quite clearly passed
1: okay craig earlum in london thanks for joining us today thank you
0: Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.